Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bingetown TV. This is Brian here with Jimmy, Kyle, and producer Dave PD. And today we're going to be talking HBO's new hit series, The Last of Us. This is going to be season one, episode four, entitled Please Hold to My Hand. And I've been saying it every week, but once again, if you like what you hear for the next hour or so, be sure to visit us on BingetownTV.com. We have a full catalog of episodes. We cover everything from The Boys to The Mandalorian. Speaking of which, The Mandalorian has a new season coming out this upcoming March. We're definitely going to be covering that. Currently, we're obviously covering The Last of Us. We are also covering Yellow Jackets, which will also be returning for season two in March. So we got a lot of stuff, all of our 300 episode catalog of stuff can be found on bingetowntv.com and if you really want to support the podcast just feel free to subscribe youtube apple podcast app spotify wherever you find your podcast just hit that subscribe button and we really appreciate it thanks for listening but here we go guys episode four the last of us uh please hold to my hand and i want to start things off with a fond welcome back to our boy jimmy yeah he wasn't infected after all (laughs) <laughs> we checked him with the scanner. It was green. He's good to go. Dude, how do you know I don't have an immunity? Could be. I might just be immune. But yeah, no, I was green, so we're good to go. You guys are allowed to <laughs> hang out with me. I missed a tough one. That was a really good episode. Episode three was phenomenal. Don't want to talk too much about it just because I know you guys killed it with your episode. But I just want to give a couple clap, clap, claps. Murray Bartlett and Nick Offerman. Let's go. Great seeing our girl back, Tess, even for a little bit. I hope we do get a few more flashbacks with her. But yeah, that episode was amazing. Episode four was great, too. I can't wait to talk to you guys about it. But yeah, I missed a tough one. It it hurt to miss that one. But I thought I was infected, guys. But we're (laughs) back. We're back, baby. Yeah, the truth is you got a little hungover. You got a little hungover. Mm. Yeah, you can't young 30 age. I love it. Yeah, can't handle his alcohol I can't drink like, like I used to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't the alcohol that's that has the uh that has the cordyceps in it, not the green? That would probably yeah. spread quicker than the flower. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. So I haven't really been doing this, but I want to take a page out of Luke's playbook here um, and go over the IMDb ratings because this has been pretty critically acclaimed, I think, for the most part. But I'm just going to rip through them here, ending with episode four, of course. Episode one got a 9.2. Episode two got a 9.2. Episode three took a dip, got a 7.9. But strangely, I feel like I saw the most internet 
chatter about episode three and a lot of the like internet noise was positive yeah we do kind of know why got and then bombs. we got episode four was an 8.6 um obviously episode four is a return to kind of the formula that was killing it in the first two episodes so that's kind of what we're working with here uh and now i kind of want to turn it over to you three what are we thinking about episode four just um with going along kind of of like comparing it to the first three episodes as well they were kind of they're kind of taking us on a bit of a roller coaster ride i feel like the first episode was what an hour and 20 minutes and then we came mm-hmm. back for the second episode which was like 45 to 50 and we even said like it felt like not that we got robbed but it felt like it was very striking kind of the difference in the lengths and then last episode episode three was it was pretty chunky boy if i remember correctly or at the very least, as well it felt like it yeah watching it and then again, we return this week with like a 45 to 50 minute episode. So it feels weird kind of that like the average episode length is probably longer than an hour, but there's such big differences between the episodes because this episode felt really short, like not a ton of things happened, although they did. Action scenes were good. It just felt like this was really the first time I felt like after an episode, like, okay, that not like that was a waste, but it was like we like not a ton of things happened, I guess. Yeah, I was just going to say, I really thought it was a solid episode, but you're right, Kyle. Definitely when we opened up the HBO Max app and, you know, we're ready to click episode four, we saw the runtime was 45 minutes. Yeah. We were like, ah, we're getting shortchanged this week. But yeah. it was really a, another great episode, I think. We do, now we're really getting the development of these characters here, um, especially with Ellie and Joel. Um, so I just really like this episode. Good blend of a little bit of action as well as these caring, really th- well thought out like moments between the two of, of our duo. So I really like the episode. But yes, we definitely got shortchanged on the runtime. It's interesting to think about what makes them decide how they're going to do it. Like we knew episode one made total sense. Give a half hour to the pre the, in- the whatever, not the prequel, but the intro to the video game, the intro to the whole TV show 20 years back. That was perfect we didn't need that to be a full episode and we didn't need it to be five minutes so to give that its own half hour and then and then add a full episode to that and made it about an hour and a half that was perfect i'm not complaining at all that episode three was an hour and 20 because again we talked about the 7.9 that's bullshit it was review bombs like it probably would be the top reviewed but you know it came out that it was review bombs with a million one stars for whatever you know so um, I, it, it, like you said, Kyle, it's a, it's a roller coaster. It's, it's the show's so good and I'm enjoying it so much that when I see the 45, I'm like, uh, damn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and again, I, it's not like a good nothing thing. happened. Like Dave said, there's a lot, there's some good Joel and Ellie and we meet now this. Oh yeah. Faction. yeah, yeah. It just, it felt like, like a bridge episode more mm-hmm. than anything. So here's, here's the thing. We already almost are confirmed. I'm pretty sure it's like fully confirmed that season one is, is part one. And season two is part two. And and maybe they'll expand part two to be more if, you know, <laughs> if they want to make more money or whatever, whatever they need to do. But if, if if you think about like Game of Thrones, eight seasons, and if an episode like that happens, you're like, this is just part of the journey, man. Like season season one, episode four. Let's go, baby. This is just part of the journey. But knowing that this is a one season story where, you know, there's nine episodes. I'm not complaining again that nothing happened, but again, it is a little bit of it is a little bit of a filler. It's not progressing too much. Now, I think the character development part of it pushed to the sky. You know, that was amazing. I I was going to say this in my intro when you when you gave me the floor, Brian, but 
Kathleen again, the <laughs> the Kathleen that we keep talking about that I don't know if she's ever actually going to join the last of us, but she's <laughs> in our group chat. She was saying how she's really upset and how it's crazy that all these people are just hating on Bella Ramsey. I just think that she's amazing, like mm-hmm. unbelievably amazing. You know, as someone who loved the video games and I love the Ellie that was in the video games. I think she's perfectly doing what she needs to do as Ellie. We talked about this in episode two, me and Brian, and I think she's adding her own. I, I really think she's phenomenal, and this, this shows it even more. There's a lot that goes on in this episode, character-wise, where you're seeing her be vulnerable. You're seeing her be freaking hilarious. You're seeing her be a badass. It's just all over the place for both her and Joel. And Bella Ramsey's flexing those acting muscles. I've, I've really enjoyed her. she getting that much uh, hate online? Kathleen said that, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just the video game people, but she said it's that she's getting some major heat. It sounds she, like she it's got huge heat for when she was cast because everyone was like, she doesn't look like Ellie, blah, blah, blah. That was like the biggest thing. But yeah, everyone needs to relax that. on that. I think I people know. are just building think, off that hate of her not looking I mean, like the game. And this episode for me was probably the best Ellie episode. And I've been saying that each oh, yeah. episode. <laughs> so that yeah. just shows to the audience that at least for me, I've been loving her performance so far and the show is a smashing success so far so clearly she's doing a great job of you know shouldering the burden quote-unquote of being like the second you know co-star to pedro and playing off of him very well i think i saw like the viewership increased almost like 20 percent between episode three and four wow it just keeps going up and up and up anything about episode four here before we dive in dave Shout out to Melanie Linsky, man. Fucking crushed it as a new character. Uh, shout out to Yellow Jackets. We cover that here on the podcast. Me and B-Toms are coincidentally rooks on that as well. And we've been absolutely lo- loving that. And older Shauna, or, so her name is Shauna in Yellow Jackets. And she has been one of my favorite characters in Yellow Jackets. So I definitely have high expectations for her role in The Last of Us. And she's been killing it so far, I think. So I'm ready to get into it. She's got a good name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her name is Kathleen. What are the odds of that? But <laughs> Kathleen was also not a character in the video game. So I will present that not. to you guys up front. That is someone who was manufactured specifically for the show. And, uh, you know, I kind of guess we'll get into the reasons why when we get to her character. But here we go. We open with Ellie playing with her newly acquired gun, just, I don't know. What what were you guys thinking of this scene? Did it seem like that was the first time she had ever wielded a gun or did she know like she knew what she was doing? Maybe not the first time, nor did she really know what she was doing. The round that was chambered kind of pops out of her and it kind of not scares her, but it startles her a little bit. So like she obviously yeah. knows how to like take a magazine out and she knows how to like move the parts of the gun. But there, they've been hinting at the fact, and we really, I mean, we get it pretty much outwardly said at the end of this episode that she has some level of of violence in her past, which we'll mm. get to. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about it now or later, but we do know that she said Fedra taught her how to kind of use a gun. You know, Joel kind of like was like, yeah. "Whoa, that's not the right." So. I don't I know that she popped the bullet out, took the magazine out, but I'm just like sitting there with her pointing at the mirror and I'm like, there's going to be a loud bang. I was like, oh, I had my headphones in. And I was like, I don't <laughs> want this to happen. Like I was waiting for her to like shoot the mirror and cut herself or something. Yeah, but I guess yeah. we should give Joel her more credit. Yeah. Nothing they've given us suggests that she is like that uncoordinated or would mess up in that sense. So except she can't swim. 
It's not her fault, though. Yeah. Nah, it's not. But um, yeah, I mean, the only thing I wanted to ask you guys, and I don't know, we can we can table it or, or we could talk about it now is, do you think that her when she says I've done in the past, it was the kill to the infected in the last episode that she stabbed in the head? Or do you think she's, you know, actually killed a, you know, a, an innocent person or a live person in her past? To be honest, at first, when she said it, I instantly thought she was referring to the infected that she saw in the last episode but the yeah. way she delivered it made it seem like it was more human related rather than clicker related because there was some emotion in her voice and i don't think she really maybe felt much emotion when she did put that clicker out of its misery and so to me it felt like there was probably some kind of scuff that she got into at school maybe and it went things maybe went too far because you guys are right i think she is on paper violent in nature and i think she kind of like idolizes the gun almost because she's like oh i've never actually seen one and you know she is violent so she probably likes it a little bit more but there also goes back into the episode three of her just moral dilemma of you know would i be able to pull this trigger in the moment and but at the end of the day i still took it as i think she wasn't referring to the clicker that she saw in the last episode i feel like it's probably a combo of the two she's asked joel of like about him killing clickers and like thinking about how they used to be people Mm -hmm. yep 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 and like her going into the mall seems like that was obviously a purposeful point that they made that that conversation about the mall is then followed up like with the question about what it's like to kill them and things like that so it seems like i wouldn't be shocked if it is something like someone she knew who then turned and then she had Mm -hmm. to do something like that and we did we did have that weird look that she gives Joel when he's killing the guard in the very beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. And she does talk to him about that too. And that adds a layer to that conversation as well. If it's maybe her looking for reassurance after she did something that she's not feeling great about, you know, in the mall or whatever it was to get to the mall. I mean, we know that her partner Riley, it was right. Um, the one that uh, Marlene talks yeah. about, Technically, she says, oh, is she a bad person, Riley, because she was a firefly, quote unquote. So who knows what she got into being partners, friends, whatever it is with Riley. So it could be either way. It could be like maybe Riley was someone like maybe Riley turned like that because of Ellie being like doing something stupid. And then whatever had to happen, had to happen. Or maybe the other way of like. Like Ellie had the chance maybe to like save Riley. And again, I'm they they talked about Riley in the past tense, so I'm assuming yep, yep, yep. something maybe happened. But Ellie like couldn't get herself to actually like do something like shoot a gun or stab an infected. And like that hesitation is what caused something bad to happen to Riley. And now she's essentially trying to prove herself and- to herself over and over and over again. And that's this is actually cool because me and Brian, it's from the DLC. We don't freaking know. We actually never played and we don't know. And I was thinking, what if it's actually something where and because, Kyle, you I didn't think about this until you just said it, because I love exa- everything you said, because I, I think you're definitely nailing it with either that or if you want to flip it, it could be that she got bit and Riley was like, I got to kill you now. And she was defending herself to stay That's alive and had to kill Riley, which is actually really killing a, a real person. So yeah, it could be either. And it's crazy how we don't know. And even in playing the normal game, Brian, I don't know if you remember or not. And I don't know if you want to say if it's a spoiler, but I can't remember if she says she killed people in the past before she met Joel 
I, I, you know, it's it's not so fresh in my head that something like that I would know. Yeah, I don't remember it if she does say it being so black and white. Maybe she alludes to it or something, but yeah, no, I don't think that's an established thing in the game. Yeah. But as we go along here, Ellie walks out of the gas station to Joel siphoning gas. And a lot of the next like five to 10 minutes are just like some good dialogue back and forth that are kind of like lore world building. Yeah. Um, First off, his knowledge of how siphoning gas works is very superficial. Like he can't explain it to Ellie, which I got a kick out of. Uh, She whips Mm -hmm. out the no pun intended volume two book for the first time, which is great. Uh, They get on the road and Joel is kind of explaining, yeah, the reason we can just freely go on the overpass and highways and stuff is because early on they kind of cleared it all. So the tanks could get to and from from major cities, I suppose. She finds the porno magazine (laughs) in the back of Bill's car. It's like. A men's nudie mag. Um, And then, yeah, we just get some of these great shots of them, like passing a FedEx parking lot, a roller coaster. Just again, these awesome shots of nature reclaiming the world, um, Mm -hmm. which HBO is just knocking out of the park, by the way, (sighs) as they do. It just feels like you really are in the world. But then they pull over. A couple Easter eggs here. Go ahead. Yeah, take it from me. The first two, we have the no pun intended. That book is a collectible in the first game and she has like a line and she pretty much says one of the exact puns and then the nudie mag that's in the ge- that's in the game as well when in a cutscene, she's doing it's literally right from the game and it's hilarious in both ellie's like- just been crushing it man i think she's been she was so funny especially with the no pun intended book i absolutely loved her this episode and her stock is just shooting through the roof right now for me Joel, I, that was the first time I've ever seen someone use like two things to siphon something. I feel like I've always seen mm. in movies and right. Heard, you just do the one. Not that I've ever done it myself, but yeah, you run the risk of actually like getting like drinking a little bit of gas <laughs> yep, yourself. Yep. So I like that the way he did that. And I guess his explanation of it was interesting too. Again, like we've talked about in what the first episode. When I guess they're stopping frequently because he's like, all oh, this gas is old as hell and it basically just turns to water. So, like, we need to keep constantly refueling and refueling and refueling. So, like B Tom said, it just a lot of good world building in this. And I mean, Ellie and Joel's conversation is much better in this episode, obviously, than it has been previously. So, it's just, it's just fun to watch the two of them. Yeah, at the beginning of this episode, too, like you really, when she's cracking out all these puns, like he literally tells her to go wait in the car because he doesn't want to run the risk of, you know, laughing at the joke and then maybe them sharing a moment. And it, that just changes so quickly over the course of this episode because of the events that they go through and because that, you know, they have so much time together that there is going to be that moment where Ellie just cracks him and. I do like how they always um, connect over, not connect over music, but Ellie finding some old tape somewhere and talking about music is usually what gets Joel to have his first smile of any episode. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to the games. They haven't really gotten into it too much. I brought up the Easter egg in episode one with the guitar in his house, how it was exactly from the game. He's big on the guitar and music in, in the games. And Ellie becomes that too because of him um i like that they're using that the music so far um i don't know if they're gonna push it like they do in the game but what at least so far we are getting the connection from the music like you say kyle so continuing on they kind of go off of the highway and set up camp which is kind of cool to think about they just kind of pull over and pick a place uh, and set up but 
Yeah, they eat some 20 year old Chef Boyardee. Ellie's like, that guy knew how to do it. He's <laughs> like, yes, I agree. Even yeah. Joel has to admit. Uh, but this kind of alludes to the threat we're going to be facing for the first time in this episode when they present the idea of, can I start a fire? And he's like, you know what I'm going to tell you? It's not the infected that we would need to worry about. It's it's people, you know, they could see the smoke. And for the first time, you know, Ellie's a tough kid. You can even see she she's a little frazzled. Like, you don't actually think someone's going to find us out here because, you know, she's pretty afraid of the people. Joel's uh, terrible fatherly instincts kicking in here, just feeding into that fear and not just being like, okay, look, nothing bad is going to happen. I mean, he does say that, but he, he doesn't deliver it in a comforting way. And you can really just see that he's really sucking at doing his job here in terms of comforting her. But he, he, uh, he does do the good deed and stay up all night, which I thought was a ballsy is- mood, especially yeah. since he was going to drive another, you know, 12 plus hours the yeah. next day. It was just one. That's he got that coffee, man. <laughs> yeah. The coffee. coffee saved his ass. But yeah, I mean, it was it really was one of those things where he needed the sleep and they purposely said we are stopping so Joel can sleep because Joel's going to be driving 12 to 24 hours or whatever it is day and night. And it turns into he's being the daddy. He's being yeah, the man. I loved it. Sitting was... there with his gun and it's and it's, um you know, Bill's gun, which I'm sure you guys talked about when he left with it. But, you know, he's got the rifle and he's staying up all night protecting protecting his quote unquote daughter that for now they're talking about how she's not family, but a little foreshadowing. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Something I did see that we didn't catch or talk about was that Joel is wearing Frank's flannel from the scene where uh, Frank and Bill get in that argument over Frank, like doing some remodeling okay. work nice. around Ooh, like, there the, you go. the town. That's I cool. saw that on the internet, not me, but just like uh, they obviously nah, take credit. It's, it's fun <laughs> when, like they're nailing all of the big things and the little things because when mm-hmm. they're nailing all the big things, it lets you as a fan kind of get hyped about the little things. But like when they're just only nailing kind of like little things for like established IP like this, but like the overall plot isn't hitting for you, then it like doesn't hit as hard. So it's right. fun to like not even have to worry about the plot line and then we can just have fun with all the small details. Agreed. Agreed. Even we, we've talked about, I think, but even when Ellie puts the the light on her lapel yeah. on her backpack does it for mm. me right from the video game. It's exactly <laughs> yep. how it was. Does it for me. <laughs> so we were talking about the coffee. They get the coffee brewing and then they're back on the road. And this is kind of where we get the info dump where Ellie finally coaxes the backstory of Joel and Tommy and kind of how they found themselves in Boston. Uh, also, she's like, were they selling that stuff in the Starbucks is in the QZ? So Starbucks is still operational even after the zombie apocalypse. Also, she takes an interest in kind of navigating the map. She's like, hey, where where are we going, honestly, to a place called Cody in Wyoming? And if they can't find Tommy there, then odds are he didn't go far. Probably just another established settlement out there. And yeah, that will bring us to the backstory. And Essentially, Joel just breaks it down as Tommy's always been a dude chasing, chasing a fight like he's a Heroics. joiner. He he wants something to get behind. Uh, so we enlisted right out of high school, fought in Desert Storm. He's like he didn't come back feeling like much of a hero. Fast forward 12 years and the outbreak happened. Um, and then he and Tommy kind of got in with more Tommy than Joel got in with a rough crowd and Joel just kind of had his back and followed him just to make sure that he stayed safe. That's where they met up with Tess. 
And it's alluded to that they just kind of did whatever they had to do to survive until, you know, fast forward however many years in Boston and Tommy met Merlene, who convinced him to become a firefly. So that kind of just is the broad strokes of how Joel ended up in the situation that the series starts at. So what are kind of your guys' takes of just that info dump? Because that's that's probably the most important stuff they give us this episode. I didn't realize that Tommy was the one who was the Tetris Storm vet. I thought that Joel was, but thinking now about episode one, they are in Tommy's truck. I don't know why I thought it was Joel's truck, but I think that Tommy's actor did a really good job in episode one of portraying the type of person that Joel is now describing in the truck of like, and I don't remember the term that we used. And I, I might've said like useful idiot isn't actually what I'm looking for, but kind of just like an affable guy who like not necessarily goes along with things, but he just like, seems like a good dude. And in the short, you know, scene, scene and a half, when it's like before things go to shit, you kind of get that vibe from him. But then you get the other part of his duality a little bit when Joel talks about how like Joel tries to set him straight when they're actually on the run running away. And he's kind of looking to Joel for direction. Mm-hmm. So I, they just did, I think, a really good job of characterizing Tommy in that little bit of episode one. And I'm really excited, hopefully, to see him again. I'm really excited to see how he's changed. Hopefully not much because I liked him a lot, but we'll see. Do we think we'll see him, Dave and Kyle? I mean, we better. I think his return, if it does come, would be later. Just because I see thinking of the episode uh, five preview that I watched at the end of this one, uh, there were no signs that showed that Joel was going to be any role in that episode. It's probably still going to be mostly related to Kathleen. I think Tommy will probably, if anything, would be a a later season. uh, Right. Kyle, I know you said that, you know, Tommy's end game for season one, you thought, right? Like you. You do your missions, your little side missions, and the end game is to get to Tommy. Yeah, we're kind of just doing side quests on the way to Tommy. Right. I, right. I, I guess I would be I would be disappointed if Tommy was dead, but I could see how that would be like a useful narrative device for Joel. Although, mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. he's pretty off the deep end already, so. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess it maybe would force Joel and Nelly to be even closer. Because you say Nelly? Truly, no, <laughs> unless it sounded like it, sorry. <laughs> But uh, I guess it would force the two of them closer. I like it. Because Joel says here we're talking about family. And he's like, Tess was kind of like family, but Tommy is family. And that's the reason why he keeps going. So if he loses Tommy, then he has literally no family. And Ellie's kind of just standing there, like waving from next to him. Like, hey, bud. She's just cargo. That's all she is. I would have bet. I would have bet a lot of money that her line was going to be, I don't have family. So what do I have to live for? Because she doesn't. You know, that's the whole point of what she's saying with Marlene is, you know, I don't know who my parents are. And obviously we know where we assume that Riley is past tense. So there's no Riley. And now she has Joel, but you know, she's being called cargo, but she's like you said, Kyle, she's kind of fishing. But at the same time, I swore her response is going to be like, I don't have family. And he was going to have to have like a moment with her and be like, all right, we'll figure out a way to live our lives and have a purpose here. (laughs) But we, I, I mean, I, I guess Joel's that, built for that combo at that. Yeah, minute, built, that. I was going to say we we find out <laughs> that he's not built for that combo, at least not yeah. yet. He does his best as the episode goes on, but that was definitely too early for anything yeah. to come out of Joel's mouth in that way. And to kind of wrap up Joel's monologue here, he he calls the fireflies and generally chasing a cure or chasing any hope of restoring normalcy to the world he calls these people delusional and calls his brother delusional for chasing this dream to which ellie is like 
well, hold on, brother. It's not all hopeless. Should, don't we have like an obligation to try and seek this cure if we can? And he's like, no, at this point, all we have to move forward with is family. That's what should be driving you. And that takes us kind of full circle to what we were just talking about. That's actually interesting, too. I didn't think of this with last episode because, I mean, that's literally what Bill and Frank kind of did. They were like, I mean, they're not pushing for anything larger than just the two of the the two of them kind of having a nice yeah. life. So it kind of worked out. Well, for them Frank, think, Frank was pushing to meet some more people, but Bill, a hundred percent, like that's why the letter was so devastating. Cause he just straight yeah. up said, Frank was my purpose. Yeah. And, and then the whole thing with protect tests and then, Oh, you know? Yeah. All right. So that actually kind of in my notes that clearly defined, like, I feel like that whole beginning part was just very casual dialogue. And then once we hit the blockade at Kansas City, kind of shifts gears for the episode for me. So what are you guys thinking when we hit this blockade and Joel investigates and he looks through and it's like, okay, these are like pretty purposefully stacked and the tunnel behind it's pretty clear. What, What are you guys thinking? It's just very easy to set traps that way. I think it's a (laughs) big old L for our boy, Joel, man. How does he not realize that's a trap? I was thinking some, it was like the video game logic and physics that we've been talking about. Like he could have just kind of went off a little bit to the side and maybe just done the dirt road and just kept going straight around it rather than kind of taking some back roads. But I guess because there were so many cars lined up on the road, he didn't really have a way to get off roads. So he had to take the long way or the other shortcut. So the thing was, it it seemed as though the decision would have been go way back, you know, backtracking what you've already done on the highway, take a completely different exit to bypass the city of Kansas City as a whole, whereas he Mm -hmm. opted to go to the last exit to enter the city of Kansas City. Right. With the intention of taking the earliest exit to get back on the highway, thus bypassing the blockade. However, obviously... That's what the trap was intended to make people do, as opposed to wasting the time and the resources of backtracking all the way around Kansas City. Should have, yes, he should have been smart enough to backtrack the whole way, which is almost a lapse in the consistency of Joel as a character. He seems to always take the safe route. Yeah, I mean, it's very similar to the situation with Tess, where it was take the long way, the short way. And the short way is the way we die. The long yep. way is screwed. So they're like, all right, let's just screw it. Let's do it. It's almost the same exact scenario. Clickers were bad, obviously, but they got lucky that all of the whatever, the fungus was dried up. And the, the real reason they thought they'd be dead was fixed and not a big deal. It seemed like Joel was doing a screw it. Let's just go kind of thing. And like you said, Kyle, he's got he's got to get to Tommy. So I don't know. I think I definitely think it was an L. For Joel, but should have went through sure. Des Moines. Should have went through Des Moines. <laughs> he's, instead, he's going through Kansas City, man. Yeah, <laughs> I love. I, I love yeah, him fuck Kansas Ellie. City. Let's go, birds, baby. Very topical <laughs> yeah. this week. Yeah, and coincidentally, this what a city, shithole. <laughs> the events of this city were kind of in the game, but it took place in Pittsburgh, actually. So uh, they just kind of no. Let's go. <laughs> the duality of my kidding. two teams showing no, out here. Just kidding with that. I, I love I love him yelling at Ellie about like the map, and she's like, "Dude, I just learned what a car was." Like that I was awesome. Yeah, it's true. It's true. She doesn't know what she's fucking doing. They really ramp up the anxiety in like a minute and a half because they make Joel get unnecessarily like 
scolding her about the map, but that's because Joel's like, we can't be in this city longer than yeah. we need to be. He, the wheels are already turning. They pass the QZ, which we understand QZs to be the safe areas in this world, quote unquote safe. Um, and Fedra is nowhere to be seen. And this dude just starts limping out the side of the road and, you know, things start to happen. This things is not really start to happen. Joel. Yeah, this yeah, is a big fat dub from shitty. Joel. And actually, yeah. this is one of the criticisms from video game players is Ellie asks, aren't we going to help the guy? And Joel kind of says, no, that got some stick from video game players, because in the video games, he says something to the effect of uh, he ain't even hurt. But he says it yeah, almost and- like comically and self-assured. And wait, and I swear that was in the trailer. Am I stupid or like I swear I watched something with the trailer? I don't watch trailers where he says he ain't even heard and then he runs him over. And I'm like, they can't, can't be doing this that. twice. Mm. <laughs> so I don't know if it was changed or what, but I know you're not the trailer guy. So yeah, can help you there. Well, the community was like kind of comically, but also not comically because it changes the character of Joel. They're, they're kind of saying that in the video games, Joel is a much more confident in his abilities. I guess. Mm -hmm. And like he would just casually when confronted with this situation, calmly say he ain't even hurt and drive through. But in this one, he was kind of flustered, like, no. And it got serious, which I think is probably just for the TV show to raise the stakes a Mm -hmm. little bit more. Mm -hmm. But it is a genuine criticism from the community, it seems. I mean, it reminded me of the the part in episode one when things first start to go to shit with Tommy and Joel in the, the front seat of the car, because who is it in that scene that says, are we going to help him? And who says no? Is it Tommy it's that says Joel. no? There, Tommy no, wants Joel to is help. Like, no, I don't know. Okay, so yep. it's still, yeah, and that's... Kind of, but it still is showing that Joel has always been this hard, and like he recognized the situation. He knew it was a trap. Even back then, he wasn't taking any chances on people, you know, getting hurt and helping them out. So it's, I think, to me, this is consistency in his character. Yeah, and again, it's consistency with what you said, Kyle. In however many minutes of an episode that we get, Tommy. That's another thing where he wanted to stop and he wanted yeah. to be the hero. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. True. Yeah. And I think they, they kind of get it later on where Joel's like he explains to Ellie that he used to be these people basically with Tess and them. Mm-hmm. I yeah. feel like that was enough for me. Like, I didn't think anything of it when he just said no. Uh, as a non video game player, that seems a little bit unnecessarily harsh. Yeah, especially like if a, like a criticism on the scene itself, especially yeah, if I in mean, episode either, one, he's saved. He's already saying no to people to help him out. You know, the fact that he says the line shows in video game and TV that he's smart enough to know that it's a trap because yeah. of his past, that he was part of it. One gives you hit one thing of that, maybe arrogance, confidence, whatever. The other one gives us some anxiety. Which one do you choose for a TV show? You choose the second one. So I I, I, yeah. I agree with you, Kyle. I don't think it's a. a I'm not going to say not a valid criticism, but, you know, I don't think it's a huge deal. Yeah. Well, they're about to, they're about to find out that he ain't the one to try. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, Neither aside from that line, Jimmy, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was one of those scenes that like teleported me back into the game when they crash through the storefront and are kind of like mm-hmm. hunkered down, taking shots. And even the way like the foot soldiers kind of advance on you once you retreat back into a room was very video game-esque. They're doing the little things right, and then well, I'll get to something else that I wanted to talk about later. I I, I Uh, think I know exactly what you're going to talk about. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely do. Uh, But they're hiding behind this, this truck, and I think this was one of the most 
kind of impactful scenes to me is when the flip switches in both of their brains and you can tell this rebellious Ellie is locked in and is listening to everything that Joel says and is really just putting her life in his hands and feels confident in him. And to his point where he struggles to dig deep in the emotional well, he is able to kind of bring out this confidence in himself. Just be like, stay low. You're going to be safe. I'm not going to let them shoot you. You're going to be fine. You got this. And it all just Mm -hmm. happens very quickly. Flip the switch. She's off through the hole in the wall. And kind of this scene progresses as it progresses. But yeah, David and Kyle, what are you guys thinking about that kind of interaction between the two? And then how this scene progresses. I like that. She's listening to the rules. We set up the rules mm-hmm. at the end of last episode. It's nice not to have any kind of like cheeky bullshit from her when like time it, it actually becomes something, you know, right. I can see it like when it's like at the gas station, when he's like getting the car and like technically yeah. he said, you do what I say. You don't ask questions. She's like, uh, whatever, giving him shit for it, whatever. But obviously in this situation, she knows that Joel knows best. And I just, it's, what I wrote down essentially, it's just Joel's is racking up the kills. It's honestly nice to see. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I don't love seeing people kill people because at this level they're yeah. just humans. And but I, I mean, he's a fucking he's a killer, baby. He's a sharpshooter. I really like. Badass. I really like how Joel emphasized the fact that he that they weren't going to hit her, and you know she wasn't going to get shot because you could see in the moment she was really panicking. She was mm-hmm. her face was definitely full of fear. We even see later on that she was thinking of. Uh, about Joel, you know, beating the shit out of the cop too. So there's a lot of emotions going on in Ellie. And even at the end of the day, Joel, him taking all this fire, he still looks at her and is like, hey, I'm going to protect you. They're not going to shoot you. I'll handle it. And she does what he says. And it's just a really nice moment. Yeah, to both of your points, it wouldn't have been believable at all for a 14-year-old to be under fire and cracking jokes and not listening to Joel. So the fact that, you know, it was believable. It was realistic. She can crack jokes, like you said, Kyle, at the gas station when they're not actually under any fire. But you can see when shit starts in the fan, she's a 14-year-old. She's a badass 14-year-old, but she's still going to listen to Joel, and she's still seeing him as the protector. Sup, everyone. Brian here, host of the TV and Movie Trivia Podcast. It's a trivia-style podcast focusing on TV and movies. Listen in for questions like, what's the name of Michael Scott's screenplay? What do you say to view the Marauder's map? What are Tony Stark's last words to Thanos in Avengers Endgame? And where does Ron Burgundy say he is when he calls the news station sobbing from a phone booth? I've covered The Office, Harry Potter, Marvel, Will Ferrell movies, Lord of the Rings, and more, with even more on the way. So play along to the TV and movie trivia podcast anywhere you get podcasts, and stay tuned for more trivia! So continuing on with this scene, I think there are two foot soldiers. Joel takes care of the first one. The second one sneaks up behind him, catches him off guard, pins him to the ground and is like yelling loud enough that Ellie can tell Joel's in trouble. She walks in and gives him a Bonnie shot to Joe, like (laughs) just doesn't kill him, but paralyzes him. Of course, this guy's name is Brian, but Brian with a Y. Put on your sub. Yeah, put on the subtitles. Brian with a Y. Bad like Brian. Um, And boy, this is like we find out it wasn't a first kill, but definitely a newbie to killing people. It was affecting her. This is a tough one because I would say this scene (laughs) 
in the in the sense of her actually doing the physical shooting, I feel like shows her relative inexperience because yeah. she's kind of just like points the gun at him and shoots versus like I mean, if you really wanted to get down to it, like you, you were behind him, you could have just pretty much executed him. Mm-hmm, so she just kind mm-hmm. of pops a shot off and it just happens to paralyze him. And it's like, okay, well, now we have to clean up the mess of him whimpering and, and crying for his mom on the ground. Ugh. Yeah. And that's yeah. the worst part of it, especially for her. Joel yeah. can deal with that. He's dealt with it a lot, obviously. But for Ellie, you know, if she killed a real person and it's not the infected that we're talking about, even if it's the Riley situation, we're going to assume that it was probably like, you shot them and oh, they're dead. And wow, this this is crazy. This sucks. Yeah. But to have someone get shot, be whimpering, pleading to a 14 year old like we can be friends. Please don't kill me, please. And then Joel being like, go in the other room. Yeah. And then also him. he's a wild motherfucker. And I guess I just realized because we've had the, the resource talk before that maybe it's a waste of a bullet to shoot a paralyzed guy. But he just fucking kills him with a knife. And I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, Joel's probably the knife that he was given by yeah, yeah. B. Rye. So. Anything else in this scene? Big, big scene for Ellie. I think lots of character yeah. development. The only thing is in the after show thing, I think Craig, because we're on a first name basis now with him, <laughs> said that it was like an important scene of showing like Ellie kind of like bouncing back very quickly of she kind of takes the emotional beat and then is not really changed visibly outwardly rather to, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to Joel about it when I guess... You know, internally, I'm sure it's still beating her up. So he compares her to Joel in that way. I don't think we know Ellie enough well enough, but I guess if we're going to, she's going to, rather, if Joel's going to take on that father figure role, she's a fairly impressionable, I would say. So if she learns to deal with things emotionally like he does, and he, obviously <laughs> yeah, she's going to be holding that stuff in. Emotionally, yeah, then he's going to need a therapist, man. Yeah. It's probably not, but yeah, going to the next part, Brian, where, I was so we get to the part where obviously she shoots him and then, you know, we already talked about the execution and stuff. I thought he was going to freak out way more that she actually had a gun in the first place. He kind of just says, like, give me the gun and that's it. But this isn't the part that I think you're talking about. But I still got a little nostalgia because even with him being. Yeah, he's like aggravated, but he's also like devastated that she had to do that and she saved him because it really looks like. He was down for the count. Now, our boy, Joel, you know, hey, we've seen it before. You're getting choked out. You n- nicely placed knee, flip the guy over, whatever, right before you're about to die. But he needed Ellie. So Ellie saved him. But what he says to her through the wall, like, I can't get through the hole. You got to let me in. And it's just like in the video game where, you know, you have to clear the way for Joel. But even having him talk through the wall is very, is very often in the game it happens yep. a lot and you it's, just see the subtitles and you can hear it in your headphones if you're playing it's like muffled but you gotta let me in ellie like let me move something now yeah it's it's awesome a lot of the gameplay is navigating and traversing through like locked doors that are just yep. a desk pushed up against the other side of the door and the mechanic of the game is ellie can fit through stuff to get to the other side and just let you in yep and like the her pulling the desk, Joel leaning yeah. on the door and like Pushing Jimmy that, said, that just circle button, the audible <laughs> of like him talking through the door, like it was copy yeah. and pasted from the game and just yeah. definitely one of those moments that teleports you back. But yeah. something so stupid as moving a desk and pushing a door. It, yep, exactly. Well done. 
Clap, clap. So that <laughs> kind of brings us to our introduction to Melanie Linsky slash Shauna slash her actual name in this series, Kathleen. And she is interrogating this old doctor guy. And it's kind of like you're supposed to read between the lines that this doctor was probably one of the wealthier elites that was kind of taking advantage of the less fortunate. She's like, this is one of those cells where you beat my brother to death. And we're, we're kind of getting a lot of partial information about this, this Kathleen character, but she's interrogating him about the whereabouts of a list of names, but she's really focusing on this one guy named Henry. And she's like, come on, we know he's still in the city and you know where he is. We know he's close yada 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 so yeah they what had happened? a past she he literally says to her i delivered you like that was yeah. her like family mm-hmm. doctor yeah yeah so i, I mean I, I just, obviously that just plays into her ex- executing him whatever it ends up being yeah. five to six minutes later when she really doesn't think twice about it i mean that tells you a lot about her in that one scene so i i, I guess I, I don't know if i took it so much that he was like some like sheltered elite it just seemed like Fedger essentially threatened him and he became an informant. And obviously yeah. the people that overthrew Fedra within the QZ and got out of it. So they don't look kindly against people that kind of supported the regime. I'm just, I don't think Kathleen has much, our Kathleen and this Kathleen have much experience in zombie apocalypse because you really want to execute a, your freaking doctor <laughs> that easily. I mean, come on. I mean, first of all, I mean, we we don't really have the backstory yet. What the deal is with her and Henry? I'm assuming he wronged her in some way. Whether she's the good guy, good girl, whatever the protagonist in this story for herself or not. So you know, she really wants Henry dead. But still, like you got to. I mean, if you got to shoot the doctor in the foot to get some answers, but to kill the yeah. doctor that easily, and I am surprised that the town or the other hunters are all down with that. So, yeah, it seemed very short-sighted because they literally have one of the guys that Joel shot and then she's like, can he be saved with a doctor? And the guy's like, one guy's like, nah, like it's too late. And then she just goes and kills the doctor. And it's like, well, you know, there might be other people. That I thought that was yeah. I thought that was so ice cold. I thought that was a great introduction to her character because in, in that scene where she is interrogating the doctor, you know, I'm trying to make up, you know, my mind on whether what this character is going to be like because she did see he had some humility in the sense that you know, she was going to cry when the doctors said, you know, I delivered you and you could see that did hit her. So I'm trying to make these assumptions and see what kind of character she is. And I think the moment that she pulls the trigger on the doctor for me just proves, OK, this is a villain. And I think that's going to be her role in at least the next episode, maybe two, if she makes it that long. I don't think she seems like she doesn't seem very evil. Like as we go later on and then, you know, we kind of progress just on her storyline individually, kind of of they're trying to find Joel and Ellie because they think that they're like mercenaries fighting with this, you know, Henry, this yeah. mysterious Henry man that she's trying to find. And I think she comes off more as someone who's kind of out of her depth a little bit of, yeah. like she tells them to search like everything everywhere and. That seems like a little so, bit of like an overcast of your resources. And I don't think she's like, she's just kind of making decisions. It seems like, I don't know. So this is kind of bringing us, I want to bring up the criticisms from the community of this character. Um, number one is Kyle. Like you said, people are like, it's unrealistic that someone would commit that many resources to 
kind of a spiteful revenge plot. She's clearly going after this guy, Henry. The motivation is that this Henry guy is in charge of the people that brutally tortured and murdered her brother. And now she just finds herself as the leader and is unleashing the dogs going door to door like that's not something someone would do again they fabricated this character for the show so it seems like kind of a quote-unquote filler arc also it is a revenge plot which we will kind of see is a recurring theme in this story so people are like if you were going to manufacture a villain for this show why would you go with the revenge plot which we're kind of saturated with in the last of us story as we will kind of get to over the next season plus so definitely some criticisms about this kathleen character aside from that though i think the character itself is interesting i don't know um i, guess the, I mean the over committing of resources i feel like it tells you something in that she's not like like i said i mean she's out of her depth not a like seasoned vet yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily a plot hole. It's on purpose to show you that she's a f- not fit. I don't want to say whole, like completely incompetent, but like we get later on as we get the montages of them breaking down doors and you know all that stuff, and then we have her and Perry, the older gentleman who has my absolute goal of an old guy look because he looks <laughs> fucking fantastic and that is yeah. like the ultimate role model for me for what I want to look like when I'm older and then there's like again like she makes some shaky decision that seems very emotional and kind of personally motivated not thinking of it as like a she's a leader of a group so i th- i think like the decisions tell a story about her i don't know if they're like necessarily maybe plot holes it's just she just kind of maybe isn't the right person for the job One more thing I want to say, because I brought up the fandom's criticisms of this character, is there was an explanation offered by Craig, our boy, Um, and he essentially said that the show had to fulfill a purpose that the game didn't, which is the game is just going to throw NPCs at you, which are humans that are innately going to shoot at you. And he's like, Hmm. the show had to have a reason why these people will innately not like you and shoot on sight and had to give these NPCs, quote unquote, NPCs, foot soldiers in the show, a reason for firing at you. So there you go. One thing I also took to, I don't know if this was ever confirmed in this episode or not, but was Brian Kathleen's son? Because he's no. sleeping. So I don't. Um, so the only I feel like I'm she would have freaked out. The more, only reason, but... yeah, I'm I'm bringing that up is because maybe if it was her son, that would maybe explain the little bit of lack of awareness of things around her and why she's just mm. willing to go send out all these resources, to these people. That's because fair. he does say in his dying breath, he's like, like he's crying for his mom, obviously, but he does say like she can, you know, she will offer you trades or something like that. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. she's nearby. Yeah, like she's that. nearby. So. If that's the case, I think there's that that's even good. provides a little bit of a better explanation on why she's so crazed on having Joel and Ellie found. And also, yeah, I mean, I like I that. Could, I could easily see that being a plot point in next episode when that comes to light. It comes to light that Joel actually isn't really maybe involved with Henry. I mean, we'll talk about that obviously at some level yeah. too. But then it's kind of like a you weren't really our enemy until we kind of almost pushed you to do something that then now makes us now you are. makes you mm-hmm. our enemy. Yeah, I could see that being a thing. Let's just get this out of the way now, Kyle. Your old man, older man crush, Jeffrey Pierce, the actor. He is the voice actor for Tommy from the Last of Us video game. So we have some more cameos. Whoa, no way. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So we he have some more cameos. Boss. We have a few more coming 
in the season, but we haven't seen them yet. So can, yeah, he was uh he was cool, and we're still gonna get some more of them. You can definitely tell Perry has a military background. Just the way he carries that AR, you know he's a professional. So I want to see him get into a good fight coming up soon. Hopefully, yeah, not against well, our boy, him, not him against, against our boy like Inverse Joel. Yeah, yeah, yeah not like against the old. <laughs> The old dad strength wisdom, Joel, <laughs> versus, <laughs> versus the army guy. Yeah. So just to move us along, Shauna like rallies the troop and says, this won't stop until we stop him. Referring to this guy, Henry, find every collaborator and kill them all. So we see this montage of all of her people essentially like scrambling the jets, going door to door with battering rams, just rounding up every remaining citizen in kansas city and like massacring them i suppose and as that's going on we have ellie and joel taking shelter in one of the storefronts just trying to avoid it their plan is Mm -hmm. to i guess get to the skyscrapers where they end up once they can't hear any trucks but this gives them a nice opportunity to kind of just digest everything that just happened first question ellie has is they're not Fedra. They're not Fireflies. Who the hell are these people? And Joel's like, I don't know. They're just people. And that's just mm-hmm. hammering home the point that people are good and people are bad in this world. And there's a lot of bad people remaining in this world. Probably most of the ones that we're going to see. But other than that, it's just Joel once again trying to dig deep into that emotional well and failing yeah. to be like, hey, I know you just killed your first person. I totally relate, dog. Yeah. <laughs> and his, it's just his not whole landing. Thing is, yeah, I mean, it's better to just not talk about it very much. I mean, you can see in his face that he's like pained and he does say like, you're just a kid at your age. But yeah, I mean, she even says like, you suck at this dude. <laughs> but I mean, to your point too, or I guess our boy Craig's point, she is crying. Like there's tears after she shoots the guy and she's hiding behind the wall. There's some tears when they're trying to have this conversation right here. But really, she's holding it in. You know, she's being the one that's like, dude, you suck at this. I don't need to talk. It's fine. You know, but this is also where we get the conversation where she says, I've done this before. It's not my first time. That's where it's going through my head. Is it the infected? Is it actual person? You know, that's obviously the conversation that we had earlier in the episode. And then we have you know him kind of she loves this like she feels like she, she's being more accepted he's like let me see put the gun in your hand let's take the bullets out let me see how you're holding it he makes fun of her for the fedra training things like that and she's smiling she's freaking cheesing that she's getting some fatherly love from joel and the only way that he knows how to do it by teaching her how to be more of a badass you know so this is another cool moment it's it says a lot about joel that he can't speak to the one part of what happened and and the part that actually takes emotion, but then he does show the fatherliness of him, you know, to take her and and show her the gun and start and and like that's another way of showing her some kind of compassion and love. She's loving it. She's cheesing. She's having a good old time because she feels like a badass now with her gun, and she gets to keep it. So, again, more character development. This is a major character development episode, and we get even more coming up towards the end. So we have two more scenes here to close out the episode. First one's going to be a Kathleen scene. Uh, We catch up with her men just going door to door, and it's our homie, Kyle's man crush. It's like, okay, we did find something. 
takes Kathleen up to this attic and they're looking around. There's like a sleeping bag. There's some kids drawings and like 10 empty things, a soup and like canned goods or whatever. And he's like, okay, we also found something else and takes her all the way to the basement where we see this giant, like crater with a heartbeat. So yeah, it's like undulating. Yep. And For whatever reason, I guess Kathleen hasn't understood that the zombie apocalypse is kind of a big deal. She's like, "Okay, this isn't the priority right now. We're going to follow this revenge trail. And I'm sure everybody's Hmm. going to be on the same page that we should just turn a blind eye to this freaking. Yeah. So that was pretty short sighted. I was pretty ticked off at her. But what are you guys thinking? So was Perry, man. Yeah. The man. I mean, I, he seems like he's not. I mean, again, I'm I'm quite biased, but he seems like he's not <laughs> that bad of a guy. You know, he's just kind no. of uh, following as, orders. Yeah, in a sense, and he, I, I'm very curious to see how their relationship. Yeah, is I agree. Strained by this in the next episode, which seems like it's coming. Um, I could see him be not being a good guy. But I feel like his two options are going to be like realizing what the actual right thing to do is or just kind of being the company man and going down with the ship. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what that's going to be like. But this is like the ultimate kind of evidence that she's maybe a little bit out of her depth as a leader and maybe shouldn't be the person that's leading all of these people because she's making decisions like this. The heartbeat or the 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 beating of that crater was just so mind-blowing to me, I guess. I took it as I think it's the fungus just trying to make its way through the ground into their into this building, at least. And that would create an opening for the clickers to come through and invade. But it could be something more. Maybe this is one of those big bosses that I was talking about in the first episode we were talking Mm -hmm. about with. Maybe this is a clicker that's been around for a while. It's a little bit bigger and it's coming out of the fucking ground. So I didn't really know what how to take that, but completely agree with everything that you're saying, Kyle, that this clearly shows that Kathleen is just out of her league with what, with at least leading this specific regime. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, the same thing that I said about Perry kind of applies to her. I mean, does she ever get to a point where it's, you know, the, the dust settles in front of her eyes or she stops seeing the color red, whatever, you know, idiom fucking you want to talk and say what it is where she is like, okay, fuck, we got to actually do the right thing. Not the thing that I want to do because of I was wronged. So mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I could see her going down with the ship, though. Interested to hear your guys thoughts on kind of the kid stuff in the attic that we saw. And when she went back downstairs, she does reference Henry and Sam saying, oh, they're running out of food. Henry won't let Sam starve. I was just thinking of Anne Frank. <laughs> These people are just <laughs> living it. Not what I thought you were going to say. Living in the attic. You have to be dead Damn. silent so no one can see them at all. But uh, I don't know. I'm thinking He's... about Roger. No. <laughs> oh, Roger from American Dad. <laughs> thought yeah. that's where your uh, head would yeah. go. No. I would say at the time, you're not really thinking of. I was not really thinking of much. But obviously, as we get to the last scene of the episode, it kind of clears all of that up. Yeah, I guess with the the last scene in my mind, it just reminds me of the little kid from Sandman who, you know, thought himself as a superhero. He thought himself as the Sandman and wanted to go out and like be helpful and good to the world. And so I think even though these two are really very much wanted by Kathleen, I think this is going to be the side of good, I guess. They're going to be the homies. Yeah, I think they're going to be the homies. Yeah. 
I didn't expect these two as characters. I had never, not even any of the previews. Like I knew Shauna or sorry, Melanie Linsky was going to be cast in here. And so I knew she was going to be a character as Mm -hmm. well as Nick Offerman. So these two are completely like, I just did not expect these two characters to come into play at all. And so me personally, that intrigues me a little bit more. And I'm definitely interested to see how they impact Ellie and Joel's storyline because maybe Joel will look at these two as if you want to call it like inspiration for what a father-daughter relationship should look like or father-son relationship should look like that would be interesting because we kind of got that in a in a different way with Bill it kind of gets that almost gets like romantic mentorship not actually but like by looking at how Bill Right, 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 with Frank and their relationship, and it's kind of juxtaposed with uh, Joel and Tess in episode three. So it would be interesting mm-hmm. to now see it in like a the familial, like father daughter, father son bond, and how maybe what Joel can maybe learn from that would be interesting. Because I mean, obviously, like we've been saying, the man needs some help, and we don't know much about Henry, but he seems like at the very least to be a decent dad. Yeah, well, he's is he's protecting his son and. When it comes to us talking about NPCs and Kathleen being like the NPC villain, they're just giving them a quick reason to be shooting at you. I wasn't sure if this was going to be like a one episode villain or if, or if she was going to just be maybe not one episode, but one episode and maybe 10 or 20 minutes into the next episode. So I was actually wondering if they were going to find the two of them long dead and mm. like she would be caught, you know, and everyone would be like, you're delusional. It wasn't actually henry doing all this it was just like coincidences or whatever and she would kind of lose her leadership and cause some problems allowing joel to, and ellie to get out of the town because you know everything sh- shit's hitting the fan in kansas shitty um but didn't go out, get that way no we'll see how it goes and brian i am i missing something i know we can't give spoilers but i don't know are we supposed to know the crater i have a guess no but okay I, I don't guess, think so. Which would be a spoiler. But yeah, I don't. Okay. I'm just making sure. Keep it to yourself, which, oh, no, no, 100% keep it to myself. <laughs> but it also, which also makes it weird because if we're joking that Kansas City is like NPC side quest, take care yeah. of it and get out. Kansas I'm wondering City, what this cra- there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm wondering what this crater <laughs> means, unless it's just like showing them that it can exist in general. And it could happen somewhere else because it's not like I don't assume that they're going to like take care of it for however many episodes before they move on. I mean, do you think that? I don't think they would present it just to not cover it again. So I think we're going to see. Well, no, I'm saying it'll come up. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm just saying I know it'll come up again, but I'm just saying not necessarily like city. Yeah, that's going to be your shit that hits the fan that then allows them the ability to escape i would say and she made she made the wrong decision by not taking care of that first yeah yeah it's pretty much presented as like a ticking time bomb yeah 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 so and if if we get another if we follow the pattern of an hour and 20 minutes next week or this friday actually yeah it is this friday yeah Yeah. because of the big game Mm -hmm. the big game for any yeah, listeners Kelsey. wondering, uh, watch party at Lambert for the the episode. If you want to swing through, <laughs> hell yeah! A, a little light doxing for yourself there. Yeah, if you're in the Philly area, let us know. You can come watch with us. <laughs> just give your freaking just address. Keep, yeah, just keep it going. Keep it going. Yeah, keep it up, bro. 
Yeah, if so, you want to give your social, Dave. I was going to say, before always. Dave gives his social security <laughs> number out to the <laughs> listenership, why don't we get this uh, this last scene over with? Um, another one of those straight from the game. You go through the window and unlock the door for me as they enter this high rise. They look up, kind of a cool shot, looking up at the spiral staircase. They got to go up 45 flights. And just some great Joel and Ellie dialogue. Uh, Ellie brings up, hey, you kind of caught on real quick that that was an ambush and not a guy in need of help earlier. What's that all about? He's like, no comment. I did some fucked up stuff. No further questions. Um, So, yeah, Joel has a questionable past, but I think we already knew that, but pretty clearly defines that he has crossed the line of killing innocent people who weren't really asking for it. I think the purpose for the high rise was just to get up high with the assumption they wouldn't check up that high. Yeah, and because so they can look. see the city Assassins, over. Yeah. He says he wants to see where they can. Yeah, he wants mm-hmm. to see where they can exit and then jump into the haystack from the high rise. <laughs> can you imagine? And then run and then run out. Just <laughs> hear the fucking the, the little uh, circling bird. Yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> They're just air. He's like, Ellie, come on. <laughs> One of the oh. biggest takeaways I took from this whole scene of the we're going up the stairs and then we have them kind of hunkering down and Joel is always in this mode of protection and and thinking about everything even though he had that momentary lapse in judgment with the highway so he scatters all the the uh the glass down but I just couldn't stop thinking about the fact that he is 56 years old and dude just, I like, wasn't sleeping on couch cushions with like his jacket as a pillow like I'm sure that's not a a random occurrence for him i'm sure it's fairly common like he must wake up every day and it's just like oh my god yeah i was Another thinking fucking 18 hours in this hell <laughs> i was thinking that couch cushions are probably one of the nicer setups that you yeah, could ask for yeah because <laughs> i if i did that now after like a night of yeah. drinking, I, i'd wake up and i would i would feel that for a couple days like that and just no reminds sleep. me of like high school college yeah 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 i was actually surprised when he act when he says 56 because again i'm playing this video game maybe i'm not letting shit register i don't know if he says it in the game or not but i never took him as that old in the game you know i know that we have a 20 year skip and he has a daughter and everything so i guess it does make sense he was in his 30s when everything shit hits the fan but yeah, when he said 56, I was like, oh, damn, bro. Yeah. Good for let's, you. Let's just say I can't imagine Papa Talda doing any of this. Even <laughs> in his new reform shape, I can't I can't see him doing any of that. That's that's older than Pedro even is. Yeah, How old I mean, is and Pedro? that goes back to... I'm looking at it right now. He's 47. He's a yeah, good-looking 47. That goes, that goes nice. back to Bill and Frank, where it's like, I mean... They got old. They lived their life. It's like, how much longer do you actually think? I mean, all it takes at that moment is one more thing of raiders or hunters, and they're probably dead anyway. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's a tough life to live, obviously. And I'm sure life life expectancy is dramatically shot down as well in these years, too. So, 56 oh, is definitely, definitely got to be on the older yeah. side. Bill and like Frank 56 were is like an old outlier. 56. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a Bill huge Frank dip in World War II, and this is like 18,000 World War II's happening at one time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The Lemon is probably like 12 years old. Dude, in this it's, world? Like an, it's a young yeah. man oh, and woman's yeah. game. Yeah. yeah. We also find out here that Joel <laughs> is kind of deaf in one ear, which is just yeah. kind of interesting. And she's yeah. like, did you get shot there? Now it's probably because I've been shooting all my life. It was a good. Um, I like that reference. It was a good reference for sure. It just 
physical it just makes sense that especially after everything he's been through that he would be deaf in one ear and, and it's they, even cooler that ellie whose awareness has already been proven to be like very keen for her age for her to notice that as well and then dave i wanted your takes on this when ellie says did you know diarrhea was hereditary Oh, Were you I expecting was... her to say it runs in your jeans? No, I was not. I, I, <laughs> I literally was. I was cracking up. This is my kind of comedy. Just the plain poop comedy. Just give it to me all up front. <laughs> I love it. It was a great. It was a well, great. Apparently, could... it's Joel's too. Because yep. she said that, and I was like, "There's no fucking way it is." And then she hits him with the the, the actual pun. I'm like, "Ah, she got me." And that was a good one. I liked <laughs> it a lot. Yeah. So yes, that does crack the uh, the humor armor of joel and yeah. finally gets a chuckle out of him they fall it, asleep and this is the night that joel should have been staying up keeping watch because this is indeed the night that they got snuck up on from now two people were there yes yes, yes. yes. it was so um, yes we did have got the, the, yeah. the older guy and the younger kid with face paint it seems like kyle and dave have already connected some dots but what are our theories yeah. here I mean, this is obviously Henry and Sam. It's so mm. obvious. Man, <laughs> yeah, it's I'm Henry excited. and Sam. I, I'm, I'm anticipating Henry being like like an intelligent, kind of resourceful guy. Uh, I don't I don't picture him as being like irrational. Like Kathleen has kind of they've shown us Kathleen to be a little bit. They've obviously kind of put them on opposite sides in our brains already. And I have mm-hmm. this negative perception of kathleen like i'm sure everyone does so i'm expecting i have high expectations i guess is a better way to say it out um for henry sam we'll see what happens he seems younger than ellie Mm -hmm. but i'm willing to say he's probably more like serious and like intense than ellie because it seems like he's lived through the qz falling he's probably had to do maybe more things even than ellie he's probably seen more things than ellie so i think it'd be interesting if he's like a kind of like a solemn reserved young boy was he holding a gun he yes was, he yeah. was yeah. okay he, like, gotcha. he knew how to use it. unless it could be interesting if that's just like complete bluff where it's I like, think yeah. he looked like he knew how to use the thing i like that you brought up that he was younger than ellie because i was definitely going to make that reference too um i i i think sam is going to be a really interesting character i can definitely see already that him and ellie if they do you know, choose to do some kind of team up him and Ellie getting along potentially just really well, just in the sense that, you know, they're both very young. They both seem to be, I'm guessing Sam would have to be very mature for his age, especially if he was, you know, as young as he is being forced to stay quiet in this attic this whole time where he's just only allowed to really draw. So I just imagine him being another resourceful, overly mature for his age kind of person. And especially with the whole superhero mindset that he has as well. Um, I, I definitely have high expectations for Sam as a character, even him being so young. I, I don't think about it. It would be interesting if like Sam was very like Joel like in that he's reserved, doesn't really show a lot of outward emotion. And then his dad was like Ellie, like kind of like a goofy guy. Is it, mm-hmm. is it confirmed kind of, that, that they are kind of funny? Is it confirmed that they are father son? I was just saying that earlier. I guess just I'm to, just assuming. to make yeah, I, just, yeah, I, I was saying confirmed. it earlier as a reference, just to say like, okay, Joel would have someone who is like a father right. to another person. So I wasn't sure if they actually are. There you go. Uh, that is kind of the conclusion of the events of the episode. Any lasting words on kind of the episode as a whole? Personally, this might be at the bottom of my episode ranking from what we've seen so far. I think. 
one and two were kind of stronger from an action standpoint for me, maybe. And episode three just really landed for me emotionally, I think. So I think this is probably bottom of the four. But again, this is one of those shows where the baseline's high enough that it was a solid episode of television. We're at like, yeah. I would be utterly gutted if it was less than like an eight out of 10. And this was definitely a minimum eight out of 10. Yeah. We were saying yeah. this, we said the same things after the episode B times. We were like, you know, still at the end of the day, very solid television episode. Just, you know, I, I personally probably would have had one like episode two at number one, still maybe number one right behind it. But every episode is still at least been a seven, which is, you know, a very solid episode. I think, Again, just to reiterate what I was saying at the beginning, like the character development we're seeing between Joel and Ellie, I love that we're finally kind of breaking through there and it makes me feel good just watching it. I get like very happy just seeing Joel, especially at the end of him laughing for once. Like that was the first time we had seen him laugh since maybe episode one, like 20 minutes in. But again, just a phenomenal performance from Bella Ramsey. It's just she's really making Ellie seem like this multi-layered character. You know, she doesn't really live in fear. She has a lot to learn, obviously, but she's very good at embracing whatever world that she does choose to live in. And I feel like we're going to get that same kind of thing from Sam. I guess that's just how kids in these in this kind of world has to be. Phenomenal performances all around. Definitely excited to see where um, Melanie Linsky's character goes, Kathleen. If I had to guess, I don't think she would make it out of next episode. So that's going to be my prediction for the next one. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious. I just was a little greedy and looked up the runtime for next episode. It says 50 minutes. I have no idea if IMDb is actually on that. Just because, like we've said, with the pattern of how the episodes have gone, I, I'm kind of would be interesting, I think, if we get like the odd episodes are all like kind of fat boys that are just like pumped yeah. full of stuff that like are the can yeah. like they bring a lot of the things that happened in the even episodes to conclusions, especially because there's nine episodes, so that's an odd amount of episodes. We give our finale to be some kind of explosive finale but yeah i don't know i think because you told me i feel like knowing that next episode is 50 minutes i feel like that definitely for me for whatever for some reason just screams to me that whatever this you know little arc is i feel like it's just definitely going to end within that 50 minutes to me like i feel like if it was an hour 20 i feel like that would be building a lot more substance for this arc so i think to me that's a good sign this will will be probably be moving on to a different yeah place yeah that's a good point actually it's probably encouraging that it's like shit's gonna hit the fan early probably Mm -hmm. and then we're just gonna we're just gonna get after it probably the whole episode i would say lasting thoughts is that uh i hope my boy perry makes it out alive Mm. (laughs) yeah i might i need to print out a picture of him and just bring it to uh like next time (laughs) i I get my hair cut like what do you think (laughs) (laughs) can you take care of this for me yeah yeah, i might get a wig and shit i will say though after seeing the episode five preview did look like a banger of an episode. I will say there were a lot of good shots in that. So I don't know if you guys want, would want to look that up, but definitely Brian looks like we're, it looked and like I there's going to be some clickers. So I don't know if that ruins anything for you, Kyle. So I think the crater is definitely going to have some impact in the next episode with clickers as well. Um, so I think it's going to be a nice blend of clicker action as well as people versus people action and then just more development between ellie and joel with the introduction of sam and henry so i think next episode is already on its way to already be potentially the best episode so far you and your previews which <laughs> I'm pro- i i say i don't want to see it and i'm going to freaking look it up probably but um i i think that 
I would agree with everything you guys are saying, especially Brian, with most likely, if I really had to go, I would say maybe this was the fourth best out of the four so far, just because the other ones were so strong. And again, baseline is great. So eight or above is still phenomenal for this type of show. This show has been killing it. I do think we're going to look back in hindsight at this episode and think it's more important than it actually was in, in like right now, just because when you're thinking of, we brought this up before with Joel and Ellie, and we talked about the zombie apocalypse, whether it's, you know, the walking dead or, or this show, or um, what's the one we always brought up. Uh, what's the movie, Kyle? World War Z. World War Z. World War Z. I'm sorry. You know, they, they say it's a zombie okay. apocalypse movie, but you know, it's really about the people and the relationships and how people react to these situations. And this was the best character development episode. I would say so far between Joel and Ellie. And we know that this show is going to be Joel and Ellie. So if they nail and it seems like they are, if they nail this relationship throughout the season and, you know, that's where you're going to be like, all right, you know, if Joel and Ellie, if you don't feel for them together, then you're not going to care about the show. And we're already showing in episode four, episode three was getting there at the end of that episode. There was some moments, but episode four is really hammering down that there is going to be, this great connection on screen between Pedro and Bella, Joel and Ellie. And I think we're going to look back and say, all right, this is where it started. And this is the start of a great trajectory for the rest of the season. I love it. And for me, it's been two episodes. We haven't seen any zombies and this is supposed to be a zombie show. So I hope Dave's right. And we get some clickers in the next episode, but that's my only complaint. Other than that, that's going to do it for us. Episode four, The Last of Us coverage. As always, if you like what you heard, give Bingetown TV a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Visit us on BingetownTV.com and subscribe to our show on Spotify, YouTube, the Apple Podcast app, or wherever else you else. Once again, we are. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. And thanks for like- listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 